Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are listening to the good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with the good news. Hey, it is Angie with the good news. And we've got the good news gals here and also producer Dave. We've got Donna and Michelle, Beatrice, Monique, Cindy, and myself. Uh, love having these inspirational Christian good news gals here. And we want to start, before we start sharing testimony and what's going on in uh, our lives that hopefully will uh, give you some hope as well uh, through our faith giving us hope, uh, we're going to talk about the giving closet. I like just the name of it. And I have a I have a gift closet, and my kids laugh, but I cannot stand running out like early in the morning right. for a birthday party and trying to pick something out. And so I have a bunch of like kids' gifts in there for birthday parties and all these birthday bags. They're like you know, happy birthday bags, and I buy the giant ones so that even like a teacup could fit in it or like a pencil. I don't care how small it is. It will fit in that bag. So I just buy like 15 giant bags at the do- dollar store. And so it's a gift closet. But if they get too old, then you're stuck with a bunch of like baby gifts. Huh. So you got to make sure you, those kids get invited to those parties and you use them up. Well, you know where you find <laughs> gifts like that is at the at the, the pediatrician. You can probably donate to the little uh, treasure chest that you get after yes. your pediatrician visit, <laughs> or the emergency room. They right. give you, like, <laughs> there you go. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so wait, the giving closet is really cool. To say something. Like, oh, go ahead. I tried that did with you? gift cards, yeah, and I spent them. Oh, did you? <laughs> that is hilarious. I tried because I was like, okay, I'm sick mm-hmm. of running out to get running gifts. out to get stuff. But then I bought gift cards. I shouldn't have bought gift cards that, that I would like. want to shop yeah. at. Right. I should have just got stuff that I thought other people would want. Right, right. And I spent them. That is hilarious. <laughs> I have a lot of self-control. So I, I didn't really... give my gifts away. Oh, There's no funny. shame there at all. I'm standing mm-hmm. in my truth, Miss Cindy. <laughs> well, this one's more like Here for needy kids. Okay. She's a, she's a, uh, a custodian. I can't remember where now. It, I think it may say in the video. Um, but she's a custodian, and it all started because these kids wanted to get in to school two hours before school started because they wanted to get ready because uh, they were living in a car with their mom. And so she's like, what is this? And so she went around and she found this storage closet that wasn't being used. And she filled it up with like uh, clean socks and pencils and undies and all sorts of stuff. And so whenever anybody needs anything, and she's been doing it for four years now. So there's a lot of kids. And this this principal said that at his school at any given time, there's 10 to 15 homeless students. And I've heard a lot of, there's a lot of problems with homelessness in schools right now and it seems like it's something that's becoming way way more aware it's something that we don't think about so i think it's really really i saw a a documentary on homeless it was in orange county california when one mom worked at disney in the parking like area like 15 bucks an hour but she couldn't really they were homeless in a motel so they were in a one-room motel and then there were other kids one straight a student she was living in the back of a they got her like a moving van 
like a van that you'd move your, you know, like a U-Haul. Right. And they'd set it up, and the dad, you know, had lights run on batteries, and she'd sit back there and study. And it was mind-blowing to me to be homeless in the midst of, uh, surrounded by so much wealth. But they're hidden homeless too, Dave, because in the car, they're not in a shelter, and they can hide that they're homeless and, like, shower at a gym right. or, like right. you said, get I mean, I did that when I was younger. I was homeless too. I, I lived in my car, um, and but I hid it from everybody. I didn't tell it. You know, I would just drive around to an alley and sleep in my car or whatever, and I had a dog even wow. back then and so that it's like nobody knew that i was homeless and right everyone's like i'd make the two-hour drive to my mom's house so i can do laundry or something but not everyone has that even right. the two-hour drive to their mom well, and in this case this uh, custodian it's a georgia high school carolyn collins she's only 54 for some reason i thought she was going to be like a more grandmotherly but um uh, uh, experienced hey, i was ready for you i was <laughs> yes experienced as uh, michelle likes mm-hmm. us to say not old experienced not a senior experienced <laughs> and so uh, this is I, I think we got the story from good morning america and uh, boy, her closet is, uh, it's not like your average closet. It's big and it is really full of stuff. Right. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. And wow. her dream of making it, like spreading the word and hey, everyone can do this. It's not very hard. <clears throat> this high school custodian has more than supplies in her closet. She also has clothes, food, toiletries, and more for students in need. Carolyn Collins opened up her giving closet at Tucker High School nearly four years ago. It all started when Collins was approached by two students early one morning. Two hours before classes started. The students asked the custodian to be let inside so that they could get ready for school. They had been living in a car with their mother. These are babies, they want to learn and you know, some are sleeping in cars, some are sleeping in hotels, and I just want to take care of them. Collins stopped at several dollar stores and spent $200 on snacks, toiletries, socks, underwear, notebooks, and pencils. The next day, she cleared out space in a storage closet, and the giving closet was born. The principal of Tucker High School, Eric Parker, told the Washington Post that about 10 to 15 of the high school students are homeless at any given time. And now, any student who is in need of any item can quietly mention it to Collins and she will work her magic. If the student needs something and is not in the closet, Mrs. Collins will go out of her way to get it or find somebody else who can, Parker told the Washington Post. Her commitment to our kids is heartwarming. Whatever problem they might be having in their lives, they know they can trust her to listen and help. However, her painful past is what motivates her caring custodian the most. Six years ago, a week before Thanksgiving, Collins and her husband received devastating news. Their son was killed during a home invasion robbery. Now she wants to make sure no child ever feels the need to steal. I'm just trying to stop our young boys from stealing and killing and because a lot of reasons they homeless and they crying out for help and love and I'm trying to give them all they need in this closet so you know they have to go out and try to steal or take from no one. The Giving Closet has helped nearly 150 students so far and it just keeps on giving. Collins spent a few hundred dollars each month to stock the closet and accepts donations from teachers, students, and community members. She is always on the lookout for a student who may need her help. I tell the teachers a lot, if you see a child always with their head down, with the same clothes on repeatedly, day after day, you know, let me know. 
Collins hopes that one day her giving closet will be far from one of a kind. There's homely kids in every school. Elementary, middle, high. It's in every school, and I want every school to get a, some kind of closet they can be to help the kids in the community and stuff. Love it. She's got a Facebook post. It says, high school custodian Carolyn Collins shares love and supplies to homeless students from her giving closet. She reposted it. Everybody needs somebody. Seeing that they are loved, that's my reward. And these are high school kids. And uh, it just touched my heart because you know, if you're in high school and you're wearing the same clothes or dirty clothes, you're going to get harassed for mm-hmm. that. And there's another story that I did this week, and it's a teacher, and she's going to wear her outfit for 100 days, and I think she's a high school art teacher. <laughs> and I was like, well, why is she wearing it for 100 days to teach kids not to make fun of each other? She said she wants to do it to show kids they don't need to be a slave to fashion mm. because when you're in high school and the pressure to wear the expensive jeans or to wear this or that or even middle school for that matter mm-hmm. – and she is wearing the same simple, I said it was ugly to my co-host this morning, and he said, it's simple, Angie. It's a simple. I mean, it is a gray dress like you would wear on Little House on the Prairie. It's mm. very simple. And then other teachers in her area are starting to do it, and her husband, too, to, like, send this message, like, they're washing it and wearing it, you know, every day, that we don't need as much as we think we need, that you don't have to be a slave to fashion, and then maybe also to be more aware of the kids who don't have as much mm-hmm. and that, to not pick on them. That's one thing I'm teaching teaching my kids, you are no better than anyone else, whether you have money like you do now or no money like I did as a kid. You're no better than I was. I was poor. You're not. So you're no better than me. You didn't do anything that to earn anything. And we've talked about that, Monique, about our kids having more things than we do and saying, like, when they're like, well, well they say we live in a rich neighborhood or we this, that, and the other. I'm like, you don't live in anything. Like, you mm-hmm. are here because this is our house. And they, they judge kids by where they live and what they have, and it has nothing to do with the kids. That bugs me. Well, when my girls were younger, they didn't want, like, um, and when my husband was playing football, they didn't want him to come to the school. They didn't want anybody to know that he played football because they felt like they wanted people to like them for them, for them. and yeah. not because of um their Name. dad playing football mm-hmm. and so even now they're reluctant to who they whom they invite over to our home and they know my story they know my husband's story and um and I I constantly remind them which I'm blessed to have my daughters are very caring very um they are very just down like to down to earth and they always want to buy stuff for their friends just recently my older daughter was like well she can't afford her senior pictures and i was wondering if um we could do something we meaning andre and i right, right. and <laughs> when i Wait, told who can afford senior pictures <laughs> they, I, when the lady told me the price i almost fell out of oh. the chair but um i was like okay alicia you have money and you know how much we pay for the senior pictures. Maybe you can, because we give her her own money so that she, we want her to know the value of money right. and be responsible. 
But when I was like, okay, you can pay for them. We'll allow you to pay for them out of your own money. She's like, what, what, wait a minute. I'm <laughs> exactly like my son. <laughs> no, no, I'm very generous with your money, mom. Yeah, so <laughs> she was like, oh, wait, wait, mama. When I meant we, I meant you and daddy, not me. But this story reminds me, I don't know if you ladies saw it, like a few weeks ago, a principal, some high school kids was going to school. Um, and they had dirty clothes on and they were being bullied. So the principal installed a washer and a dryer yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the, the school. Yeah. They're long. And Michelle, you said when you taught, like a lot of uh, teachers had baskets. Absolutely. With a, ba and boots. a laundry basket. And my friend Jane taught in a Title I school in Denver. I, and this happened, it doesn't have to be Denver. It can be Jeffco, mm -hmm. Cherry Creek, Douglas County. I guarantee you that there are teachers in that school that are providing. And the kids, the kids really wonderfully just knew in the mornings to come in, they could change into those clothes that were in the basket. And then when they left, they changed back. Uh, to leave for the day, and Jane would take them home and wash them, and so forth. that happens over and over. And I had over a football again. coach wow. in high school that did that. He had a washer and dryer that he had yeah. in his office in the gym, and mm -hmm. he just nice. if you had dirty clothes, and he, it wasn't just football players, it just wasn't wasn't you just athletes. Anybody could use it. Yeah, yep. and he made sure everyone knew that wow. in a very respectful way. Yeah, right. It was ne it was never anything but respect. And I, you know, I was telling a principal a few years ago because we was trying to. She wanted me to help start a program. And I told her, I was like, you can't assume because people live in certain right. neighborhoods that they have money. Exactly. A lot of people move in neighborhoods so that their kids will be able to go to, um, quote unquote, the best of the best schools. Or they're living with grandparents. Or, or Yeah, or they're yeah. living. In, in my neighborhood, there's like, You'll see a house and, and there'll be like four families living in, in that one house. So, and, and you go into a house and they don't have any furniture in the house. Right. So it's taking all they it's can true in my house. to be, my, able, yep. to, be able to live in a neighborhood so that their kids could go, go to, to the good, the, schools. the good schools. So you can't assume, like I was telling this administrator, you can't assume what these kids have just because they live in this neighborhood. That's so I point. would say that those of you out there listening that would like to do something in this respect, I know for a fact there are a lot of school PTAs, PTOs that are looking for projects to use their money for. This would be a wonderful project. I mean, just even on a small scale to provide something of that and uh, to go through your administration in the school. Ministry, in yeah. the school. Yeah. Right. And you could even get donations from oh your friends. Oh, my gosh. Could you ever get donations? You know, um, yes. A room at a school. Mm -hmm. And Precious Child has even set up in the schools. And that Precious Child's out of Colorado. Um, they've set up um, some rooms in schools um, that are really struggling with kids, you know, having mm -hmm. clothing that's appropriate for school. And then they also have it set up like a store. It looks like a thrift store, nice. And then they have a personal shopper that works Good. with the kids. And I think they, like, it's like three times a year they can pick out several outfits that match and go together. And uh, it's really life-changing for some it of these is. kids. And you're like, life-changing? What are you talking about, Angie? Because oh, gosh. they can go to school and be proud and not embarrassed and not bullied over their dirty, ripped outfit that they wear right. over and over again. Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. and, and my church, um, which is located off of Elephant Chamber, CCC, Colorado Christian Community, they have a food pantry where we donate food. Well, my family, we usually just donate money. 
and they buy groceries and a family can go into um into that pantry and get free food and i think that's that's something that's that's really helpful to a lot of families because like i said it's taking all they can to pay the mortgage right Mm -hmm. so Mm just giving them a bag of groceries or canned goods like it makes a world of difference that's Mm -hmm. one of the churches that i attend regularly has a food pantry too it's interesting how many churches are just doing hands-on doing their own thing now and taking some of the money that they take in and directly helping the community i think it's pretty cool one more way of uh, those of you listening out there that that you can contact a teacher in the school and say, is there a teacher, is there a family that I could sponsor for the year um, for Thanksgiving, for Christmas or something? I can even do it anonymously if I want to, it mm-hmm. would be fine. Mm-hmm. But the, the administration and the teachers will tell you the ones that really need it. Uh, in other mm-hmm. words, what I'm saying, I want it to be a genuine need. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Michelle, I just wanna um, kind of hitchhike on what you just mm-hmm. said because it makes me think, even uh, for all of us or everybody listening out there, go into your own hearts and in the ground right beneath your own two feet. We know people and we see people in our everyday worlds, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our churches that are in need. Mm-hmm. And then I look in my own household and there's things that I'm just passing forward. Sure. Um, not because necessarily of a need, but it's like I'm not needing that or using it, and I see that person having that need, so I might anonymously pass it forward, or I might just point and ask them, do you need this, and can you use it? But if we all take that mindset as opposed to just putting something in the goodwill, mm-hmm. or, you know, it helps a lot of people out there. Mm-hmm. Pride enters in. Um, it does, you, and that's you where you need to very, pray about it. Exactly. And it's not always... Um, and, and so then maybe that particular person, you can arrange a swap of a talent or something. Exactly. To a trade. It. Yeah, a trade. Thank Michelle, you. how about teachers? I mean, I know oh, they gosh. put a lot oh. of money into school supplies, yep, right? So what about supporting our teachers and, Absolutely. and contributing to the boards that they put up and all the supplies that they take out of field their pockets? Field trips are a huge yes. thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, schools, many schools are not doing field trips because it's you can't afford the buses and they can't afford the field well, trips. It'll be like, let's say field trips, 20 bucks. And then a lot of times I'll write it for 40 and say, I know there's probably a kid in your class that you know, Good. could use help. Good. And I know that the PTO also will raise money for that right. purpose, but I figure why not? At least I, yeah. I, I know somebody in the class won't be able to afford it. So just little things like that, writing extra money for that. And then I'm, you know, I like my, I like giving website. I like giving. And there was a story on there, I remember, that was so simple. And it's exactly what you and Cindy were just talking about. And it was about this couple and they decided that they were going to give to people that like directly that they saw had a need. Like they had a friend that got sick that they thought could really use a juicer dealing with like cancer or something like that. Mm -hmm. Another person in the story like needed an iPad or something that would help them. And so they, you know, raised money to get them an iPad. And so what they do is they save a portion of their income. And then when they see a need in their own life, in their own circle, then they will give, you know, to that, that person, that need in that circle. And so I thought that was kind of neat, very personal to give to people that you know, you know, need it mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And then, Cindy, you were talking about um, giving can be really easy. Like, ARC's coming to my house, and it's an October date. It's a ways 
away, but um, they bring the truck over. And so I accumulate the stuff in my garage, and they do a lot for my show. In fact, the ARC really has kept us on the air. Um, they're, they, they support uh, the good news. And then I know a lot of the ambassadors, so they come to my house and pick up my things. You just call 303-238-JANE, 303-238-JANE. And then this weekend, my husband had a bunch of stuff, and he drove it over to ARC and dropped it off because he wanted to get it out of the garage. And uh, it's really simple to give to people, but Mm -hmm. I do like the idea as well of personally giving things to people. I think it's real meaningful uh, to them. Like Cindy gave me a cross that I'll have for the rest of my life, you know, that she had, that she had extra, you know, jewelry, and she's like family to me. And so it's super special to me you know that I have that hope already asked for it I'm like girl I'm not dead yet <laughs> I want to go like, to your giving oh, no. closet no. Cindy <laughs> it was like it was like when my um my, my daughter said to hey grand grand when you die can I have your car I'm like no 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 you wait you don't ask no no you don't ask can I have your car it's my girls all the time <laughs> <laughs> all right hey if you want to get in touch with any of the good news gals you can go to um, angieaustinradio.com and uh, we've also got a tea coming up a women's conference a lot of things so go to angieaustinradio.com if you'd like to go to one of our speaking events Uh, and that's it thanks for listening we'll be right back make a good choice the good news of jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com this is kltt commerce city denver All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC, and when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-JANE. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, a small, big, medium. Yes, they'll bring ma'am. the truck right on over. What's yes, the ma'am. number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. Yes, 303-238-JANE. ArcThrift.org. Does uh, Arc make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. You are special. ArcThrift.org. As are you, babe. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for Arc? I love Arc. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com. AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Hello, hello. This is producer Dave. I'm Continuing with my wonderful author series where I get to dive real deep into these great books and I get to talk directly to the authors and we really get to talk about the meaty parts of 
these books and rather than getting drowned out with a lot of voices or whatever i really want to get kind of an intimate view of some of these books and today is no different uh today i'm talking to a young man named ben malcolmson he is an assistant to an nfl coach he was dropped or he dropped out of his peewee football team and never thought he would play again until he played for the usc trojans in the 90s which was uh or in the early 2000s, which was a really good team, and it couldn't have been easy to get on. And he just has used his faith, and he's used his dedication to keep going every day, every step through his life. Hello, Ben. Thank you for being on the show. It's great to be with you. Thanks for making time. Hey, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to talk about this. We, on this show, we don't really talk about sports all that often, although... Uh, this isn't exactly about sports. I do think sports kind of has this thing where it permeates through the rest of our life. It teaches us, you know, teamwork. It teaches us dedication. It teaches us how to deal with failure. It teaches us how to deal with success. It teaches us so many things and, you know, pushes the limits of our of our minds, of our bodies and everything like that. And I think that a lot of these ideas are going to be found in this book. Is that right? Oh, without a doubt. And that's that's a beautiful thing about the book is that it's not a football book. It's not a sports book. It's a, a story about faith and about purpose. And uh, and football just happens to kind of be the backdrop to it all. So um, one of the, the coolest comments I can get from, from the people that have read the book so far and is just when they say, I'm not even a football fan, but I love this book. And that, that just makes me so happy because I know that the story in this book uh, kind of transcends football and, and sports. Right, right. Not a football fan. That sounds crazy to me. But <laughs> um, but so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about start at the beginning and tell us a little bit about what had happened. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, what happened in the peewee, in peewee football, and then all the way up to USC, and then what, what really when the story starts going. Yeah, so when I was in fifth grade, I was playing every sport out there, and my dad was just kind of signing me up for everything, just trying to figure out what I enjoyed, what I was good at. And uh, that one year in fifth grade, he signed me up to play Pop Warner football, and uh, I I was miserable. I hated playing football. I was very undersized and didn't enjoy the physical aspect of football. So I was begging my dad to let me quit, but he wouldn't let me quit that whole season until the season was over. And then he said, you can quit after the season ends. And so right when that season and ended, I promptly quit and said I was never going to play football again. But I still followed it and I still watched it on TV and enjoyed reading about it and all that. And I get to college at USC out in Los Angeles and uh, became a sports writer for the school newspaper there, studying journalism. That was my major. And uh, started covering the football team. And that was right in the glory days of USC when they were the best college football team in the country for several years in a row. And uh, it was just an amazing experience. And I was so fortunate to be able to, to do that as my job in college and get all the experience uh, for my journalism career, hopefully later on down the road. And I was geared up to graduate. And uh, my last kind of assignment there, I wanted to do a story on the walk-ons on the team. They're the end of the bench guys, the guys that don't have scholarships to play in college, but they help fill out the team. And they're, they're a vital aspect of how a team operates in college. And so I figured I need to shine some light on these guys because they don't get much attention. They're, they're not on covers of Sports Illustrated, they're not on TV, but they're they're a huge part of the team. So I started interviewing some guys and, and working on that angle of the story, and then it hit me, well, why don't I go through the tryouts and kind of show first-person perspective and, and show how hard it is 
just to, to even try out for the team. And so there I was at the tryout. I was uh, one of 42 guys out there, and there's 41 guys there that are fighting tooth and nail to, to try to make this team, and I was the only one there not trying to make the team because I my sole pursuit there was just to write an article for the school newspaper. And I was definitely out of, out of place and uh, definitely out of my league because I hadn't played football in more than 10 years. <laughs> and here we were, the number one football team in the country at the time. So going through the trial was uh, quite the experience, to say the least. Um, but it was, it was an amazing article because here I was getting this content that no one had ever gotten before. I was kind of behind the scenes and really was getting some amazing material for this article I was going to put together. I went home that night, started writing the story, and I get a phone call two days later um, after the tryout saying I made the team. And I was so shocked because that was not even (laughs) an intent at all. I just never even thought that that was a possibility because the only reason I was out there was to write that article. So my life took a total turn in that moment and uh, still kind of living in the wake of that decision today. Right, right. And that's what we call on the show a God thing. Um, you said that uh, your faith has kind of carried you through, and you know, it, uh, apparently God pointed you to this. I mean, USC in the early 2000s, you couldn't. I mean, some of the, you know, all the players on that team, on those teams, were NFL players today. Um, you know, and and so it's like, what an amazing team! And you went in with all this, all these different expectations, and you end up making the team. Now, um, a huge part of the team back then was Coach Pete Carroll, and he kind of helped you change the direction of your life. Can you talk a little bit about what your impre- impression of Coach Pete Carroll are, and kind of how he's helped you through your life? Yeah, definitely. Coach is an incredible person, an incredible leader, and I've been so fortunate to to play for him there that one season at USC. And then when I was done playing, he offered me a job to handle the media stuff with the team there at USC. Um, so I started working for him almost immediately after finishing that one year of playing on the team. So I, I started working for him there at USC, running the media stuff, and this was right when social media was starting to take off. So I was just right place at the right time, and was so fortunate to get into that role of just helping um, put information out about the team to connect with our fans and and really project uh, what was going on on the inside. And it was a really cool opportunity and just a really neat way for Coach Carroll to connect with fans. And um, we just had a blast doing it. And through that, just developed an incredible relationship and a great friendship so that when he took the job with Seattle, with the Seahawks in the NFL uh, back in 2010, he asked me to come up with him, and, and that job kind of transitioned to be his right-hand guy, his personal assistant. Um, so I've been doing that, and here we are nine seasons later up in Seattle, and it's been an amazing journey. Man, that uh, sounds like what dreams are made of. It's so cool. Uh, let's uh, take it back a second, though. I want to know a little bit about after you had made the team and you were surprised, you got over your shock, but you actually had to go to practice now and go against all these guys. Tell us a little bit about where you were mentally, where you were physically, and how you were feeling and what really the whole thought process was. Yeah, I was a fish out of water because I didn't know how to play football and uh, didn't know how to read a playbook. I mean, it's like learning another language when you when you flip open a playbook because there's words and numbers and mixed up and you just don't know what everything means. And so here I'm trying to learn that. So 
mentally it was really challenging trying to learn uh, the playbook and all that. And then physically, obviously, it was very daunting because here I am going against future NFL players, and I'm getting my butt kicked. I was definitely not um, the, the, the shape and size of a, a typical football player, so I was trying to hold my ground uh, the best I could um, before, and I quickly gained some weight in the weight room and ate a lot of food and was trying to put some weight on just to be able to stand my ground a little bit better. And um, I ended up actually getting hurt. I injured my shoulder, dislocated my shoulder, and had to get reconstructive surgery um, and got back just in time for the start of the season and in less than half the time the doctor said I could get back and it was a, a divine miraculous healing that I could get back that quickly so um, it was it was challenges up and down and uh, all over the place just mentally physically and everything in between well that's incredible now uh, you said you did get hurt I'm sure it wasn't on purpose but you think all those guys were extra hard on you because you're smaller than them or do you, <laughs> did you get treated pretty well by your teammates no, the teammates were great. They uh, they definitely they, there's kind of a culture in football where guys just razz each other and tease each other a little bit. Um, so I was definitely part of that. And uh, but the guys were awesome. They were they were a joy to be with, and I uh, was a part of the team, and it was really cool. Right, right. And so I want to kind of talk about something that our listeners are all interested in is how God works through us every single day. And I want. You- do you believe that God was working through you through all this? And how do you think that this amazing journey that you've been through, like what do you think that that says about about God in general and about how God works in your life? Yeah, the second I made the team, I had this deep sense that God had me there for a reason, that I had a purpose in being on that team because it was something far deeper and far greater than than just playing football. Because if he needed another football team, football player for that team, then he would have picked someone bigger and stronger and faster than me. But for some reason, he had picked me. God had picked me to be on that football team for a reason, and I couldn't wait to see what it was. And I was pressing into that and pursuing that day after day. And um, there was a lot of challenges and a lot of discouragement in that time because I think as we can all relate to that we try to find our purpose and we try to do good things for God and, and try to really have a, a kind of find our calling but a lot of times you don't see fruit and you don't see the results to it and it can be really discouraging and really disheartening and I, I battled that because I, I tried to start a Bible study for the team and no one showed up to it and I tried to start a prayer group for the team and no one showed up for that and then I just tried to be a, a good teammate and a good friend and tried to be a light on the team and uh, it just nothing was working nothing was clicking and it was really frustrating and really disheartening and really discouraging because I thought I was there for a reason. I just was not seeing it at all. And and then I'm making it through the season, just still battling, still trying to find my purpose and being on that team. And I get an idea that everyone on the team should get a Bible and uh, pass out Bibles to everyone on the team. Uh, middle of the night, I uh, just wanted to be anonymous with it. And uh, put one in every guy's locker. And then the time came for our uh, our our first week of the last week of the season, or first day of the last week of the season to to happen. And I walk into the locker room fully expecting my purpose to finally be unveiled. And uh, I see the Bible just shredded, torn up, ripped up all over the locker room floor. And I was devastated because here I was trying once again to find my purpose and, and see why God had me there. And I'd failed once again. It was just so hard and uh, just a lot of discouragement just battling through and 
ended up uh, a lot happening. This is what the book really dives into, but a lot happens uh, in the in the coming days after that. And a teammate of mine ends up passing away tragically at 21 years old. One of my closest friends on the team, and I find out years later that those Bibles that I had placed, the one that I had placed in his locker, God had used to turn his life around and save his life just in the days before he passed away. So it's an incredible story of purpose and and just the things that God does in all of our lives, whether we see the results or not in the moment, just to know and to trust that God is doing amazing things in our lives, things that we wouldn't believe even if we were told. Right, right. It's amazing. We share a lot of stories on the show about, about how God puts us in these situations that test us and we're never fully tested. We're always being, you know, sanded down and changed and shaped and he puts us into these situations that we feel like we can't handle, but it seems like there's always he'll never put us in something that we can't handle, which I think is you know is incredible, and I think that your story really reflects that. Um, now, something in your book that I thought was kind of funny is you talk about getting hit by your teammates, and you talk uh, you call them monstrous, and you say that how hard you got hit, but secretly you celebrated something after surviving each one. <laughs> Well, I just wanted to make sure I could live and, and move on to, to live the rest of my life. So every time I get one of those big hits, uh, I mean, we see them on TV and you hear them and they're just, they're thunderous and it's, it's violent. And so I'm wondering, am I going to be able to survive? And so every time I I got hit and I'm laying there face down on the ground, I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm alive. I'm good. Here we go. And so it was definitely a moment of triumph that I celebrated every time. Well, it's good. You got to celebrate life a little bit more than uh, the regular guy. Um, okay. And now uh, the, the next thing is you said, I, I read uh, that there's a secret that you were keeping while you were in rehab from your shoulder injury. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so when I got my shoulder injury and I was going through surgery and rehab and all that, I actually got cut from the team because an injured football player doesn't have much use to a football team. So I actually got cut uh, officially, and uh, I I didn't want to tell anyone. I was so ashamed and so embarrassed um, because I figured, well, if I could get back, uh, go through the rehab and get healthy again, that I'll I'll be back and it'll all be good, and I don't have to tell anyone that I got cut. And so it was a, it was a moment. Of, of shame and, and deceit, to be honest, and I was hiding the truth. And uh, I look back, and I, I definitely regret that. And um, it's just amazing what God did in that time to kind of purify my heart and purify my motives, and and really understand that that His plans are bigger than mine. Right, right. What a great message. Um, so, <clears throat> so that kind of leads us up to today. Now, you've been with Coach Carroll for a while on the Seahawks pretty much a dream job as far as I can tell. Um, sounds like a really, really great thing. I'm sure it carries a lot of responsibility. Um, tell us a little bit about that, but then also, I know, uh, I don't know if this is true, I don't know him personally, but Coach Carroll kind of has a kind of jokester side to him, right? And so does that kind of play into your day-to-day? Oh, yeah. He's he's a renowned prankster. I mean, you go on YouTube right now and type in Pete Carroll pranks, and uh, you'll get a, a dozen pranks that'll pop up there. So he's fun, and he's just got a, a childlike heart and uh, always keeps things interesting. So things are always fun around Coach. And, um, whether it's pulling pranks or, or making jokes, or uh, we've got little scooters running around the office, and he's racing people on scooters. I mean, there's things all over the place. Coach is definitely a kid at heart, and he's, he's a blast to work for 
Right. Well, uh, I hope the Seahawks have a good season this year. I know a lot of people that are fans, and I'm sure that it's going to be a great season. And, um, you know, and it's great that you came to talk to us today. And so we only have a few minutes left here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's next for you, uh, where we can get the book. If anyone wants to get in contact with you, how can anyone do that? Yeah, the book is available wherever books are sold, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, every, everywhere you can find books, you can get them. Uh, it's called Walk On, and uh, it's a story of football purpose and just following an amazing God. And uh, one of my favorite verses that's really carried me through this whole journey and that really takes a prominent spot in this book is from Habakkuk 1.5, and it's, Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for God is doing something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. And I think that's what God wants to speak to all of us, everyone who's listening today, and you and me, and just that, that He is doing something in our days that we would not believe even if we were told. So even if He came down and told us right now, this is the way things are going to go for the next year or five years or ten years, we wouldn't believe it. And so it's really trying to plan and, and forecast. It just it doesn't compare to just following God and just following in His steps and knowing that He has taken us places that, that we wouldn't believe even if we were told. Right. What a great message. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Everybody, go go get this book. It's really fun. It's really easy to read. It's, uh, you know, it, it, we can all relate to different parts of it. And, uh, you know, even though Ben is, you know, pretty much in the bigs, we can all relate to the struggles that he endures every single day and to getting along with the people and to just following God and following your purpose and getting to where you want to be. Thanks again for being on, on the show today, Ben. Thank you so much. God bless you. Now, that was great. Everyone go to Amazon. Go look him up online. The forewords by Pete Carroll. It's very touching. It's very good. And uh, everybody, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be right back with some good news. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Ark. Having fun in the mountains is easy year-round, no matter what your age with YMCA of the Rockies. Come fill your fall days and nights with our exciting Halloween spooktacular programs and entertaining activities. This year at the YMCA of the Rockies, there is something for everyone at our Halloween spooktacular events. Come join us for our Monster Mash skate party, our all-ages costume trick-or-treat night, our kid-friendly haunted house, plus many other special activities specially designed for the fun and exciting Halloween season. YMCA of the Rockies is an ideal vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for campers of all ages. Go to the planning guide under the activities tab at ymcarockies.org for more information. Fill your Halloween season with fun, exciting, and affordable adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. 
Angie Austin here. Well, you know, we're a business owner family. My husband's got a startup and I really run my own radio business. Have a couple of shows I've put together and I'm telling you something, it's challenging. I always enjoy speaking with Sharon Miller, head of small business with Bank of America. And Sharon, you've got, uh, you know, some interesting information from an annual study exploring concerns, aspiration and perspectives of a thousand small business owners across the country. And uh, we're going to focus on some uh, topics involving women's uh, women business owners as well. Welcome back. Thank you, Angie, and thank you so much for having me. I'm great to be back. All right, so let's talk about some of the key findings from this 2018 uh, uh, research. Well, women entrepreneurs are much more confident on revenue compared to last year, so that's that's a, that's the good news. Their growth plans and economic optimism are up slightly year over year, but they continue to lead in areas of digital transformation and accepting mobile payments, using their phones to do business, and all the things that really the the business community is heading to and what consumers expect of business owners today. All right. Well, that's good news if they're, uh, you know, they're more encouraged by the uh, uh, profits. How about uh, their perspectives, how they've changed over the last three years since you started surveying them in uh, 2016, right? That's right. And, you know, it's, it's so interesting. Just 30 years ago, this October, women still had to have a male relative sign to take a business loan out. And so when you think about just 30 years, I know it's just crazy. And so we're celebrating that this year uh, in October that women are now able to do so much more. So progress has been made. But when we ask about access to capital, which is critical to any business owner to expand, to be able to uh, maybe buy another business, to buy another location, or build their own um, you know, building from the ground up if they're a dentist and they want to make sure that they have their own building that clients are coming into, all those things take money. And so access to capital is a big consideration. And, and women said it's improved and they feel that they have, we've made progress in that area too, but there's challenges that still remain. And so that's something at Bank of America that we're very passionate about, helping women business owners succeed. And that's why, you know, this study came about. We want to make sure that we understand the unique needs of women business owners so we can support them. Oh, I love that. I love that. And, you know, uh, being one myself, uh, I, I, I'm dumbfounded that 30 years ago I would have had to get um, a male relative to sign, you know, my documents because I'm thinking to like, you know, I'm the most responsible one in the family of, of all my, I wouldn't want any of my brothers exactly. to be involved in my, in my business. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that would be any good, right? That signature might not uh, be as strong. All right, let's talk about um, how are women business owners like leading the charge when it comes to digital, mobile, and social media because this is such a big part. Like if you don't have a website for your business and even an app and some of these other things, like you're really behind the times. That's exactly right. And so we asked about you know, conducting business transactions on mobile devices. And so 71% of women accept mobile payments from their device on their, you know, their, their phone from customers versus 65% of men. So it's six percentage point uh, more. And then 29% use their mobile devices to issue refunds. So they're doing business here. I mean, you know, if you, if you bought something and you want to return it, they're, they're using their mobile device in order to do that. And when you, we, we look at the men, that's 19%. So that's 10 percentage higher. Maybe that's more complicated. 
And so 19% use mobile devices to pay employees versus 14% of men. So, you know, it is, it is truly a, um, women are leading the digital transformation and, you know, it's, it's not just about processing transactions, as you said, this is beyond digital payments and it's about managing every aspect of their business. And 44% of them use this for social media updates versus 33% of it. So you can see the, the difference between how women are leveraging. And I think, you know, hey, our mobile device, it makes us able to multitask. I mean, I'm a mother. I have children. I have, uh, you know, activities. I've got outside interests. And my mobile device helps me manage all that. And when I'm a business owner, I don't separate that from my daily life. And so that's what makes it so powerful. We are living in a world where we can have it all. And Sharon, this is obviously, you know, your area of expertise. So uh, as we wrap things up, what advice would you give to a woman entrepreneur who's just starting out? Believe in yourself. And, um, you know, we're here to support you and help your dreams become a reality. And so, you know, we want to support that. But, you know, it's the vision of the business owner. It's the vision of that that woman entrepreneur. and, And you can do it. And where do we go for more info, Sharon? You can go to bankofamerica.com forward slash small business. Excellent. Thanks, Sharon. Great to have you again. Thank you, Angie. I appreciate it. Great to be here. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.